This is an Equity Mates Media podcast. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM. You're listening to Get Started Investing, a production of Equitymates Media. This 12-part series is everything you need to get started on your investing journey. Much more important than IQ. If you've got more than 120 points of IQ, sell, sell the rest to somebody else. You don't need an investment. But, but you do need the right temperament. I mean, I can buy anything I want, basically, but I can't buy time. Welcome to Get Started Investing, a series of lessons to help you on your investing journey. This is for anyone who wants to start investing but isn't really sure where to start. Our aim is to make the markets accessible for you. My name is Bryce, and as always, I'm joined by my equity buddy, Ren. How's it going, bro? It's very good, Bryce. We've made it to episode two, which I'm very happy about. (laughs) Yes, yes, we have. And what an episode we have installed today. Last episode, we spoke in part about some people using the excuse of not having enough money as a means or a barrier to investing. So that is why this episode, Ren, is all about some of the tips and tricks we use to save to invest and ways to manage your money so that you can ensure that you can start investing as early as possible without leading that frugal baked beans and white bread life. <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna bring that up. You are, you had a crack at people who are just trying to live their best life <laughs> and not be working until their retirement age. Yes, but in saying that, even though you don't support their movement, you do do support some of their practices. Absolutely, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But look, I am certainly not one to put everything into investing, I still like to enjoy life. So I think we'll touch on a few ways that any, anyone can do that. You, you have a few uh, money, <laughs> yeah, money chewing up vices, you could say. <laughs> Such as, no. Anyway, so Ren, by the end of this episode, we will have touched on the rule of threes, how much money you need to get started investing, which we're often asked, and also a few top money-saving tips that we employ in our life to help us be able to invest as well as enjoy life without baked beans and white bread. <laughs> <laughs> Unless we choose to have baked beans yes, and white bread. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes, yeah, 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 yeah. 
So do you want to kick us off? You're the saving expert of the two of us. Uh, I, I don't think that's true. I think you're a pretty good saver. <laughs> I, mean, I'm not, I don't think anyone wants you, to hear us have this argument, so whatever. <laughs> no, I mean, you make it out as if you don't save, but that's not the case at all. You're very good at saving. Yeah, but yeah, I'm more just sort of, you know, fast and loose saver. It just sort of happens. I feel like you would have more of a system. I do have a system, yeah. yeah. There we go. Yeah, 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 yeah. So my system is based around the rule of threes, Ren, which is spending, saving, and investing. And I think the important thing there to note is that I distinguish between my savings account and also my investing account. And the way I do that is my paycheck comes in, I work out what I need to survive for the week, bills, you know, all that sort of stuff, rent, the major things, Netflix, et cetera, et cetera, all of those fixed costs, as well as what I'm going to need for some leisure, you know, still enjoy a few beers and going out for dinner. So, of course, have to factor that in. But then I make sure that I separate from what is left into investing and saving. And the reason for that is I think if if you pull everything into just a savings account, then it is sometimes psychologically harder to pull money out of that to put into investing because you might be fearful that if you lose that, then you're losing your savings. So it's very important from my point of view to be putting money into the stock market that I'm not saving for other things in life because we all know that there are risks with putting money in the stock market and you know you can lose that money. So I don't put money in there that I think I'm going to need in the sort of short term or really at all. I'm putting it in there knowing that it's going to be in there for the long term. So if I have savings goals, it's aside from that. I want to flesh that out, that distinction between money to save and money to invest, because I think there's a lot to that. Yeah. But before we get into it, I want to start broad with your system. So- Three three buckets. Yeah, is it thirty three percent, thirty three percent, thirty three percent, or how? What's the split? So, by nature of the cost of living in Sydney, I think <laughs> honestly, I think I managed to save outside of bills and expenses about forty to fifty percent of income, and then that is split. Into- so, what you're saying is you're on a really high wage. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're one of the one percent. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying at all. Right? Get in. <laughs> I live frugally, busted. I'm lying. <laughs> How do those baked beans taste? <laughs> Yeah, look, from a percentage term, but I also am keen on putting away as much as I can at this stage in life. So I try to limit my expenses as much as possible, if that makes sense. It almost sounds like you're a self-denying <laughs> fire, fire movement. <laughs> no, no, no. So this this podcast isn't actually about <laughs> investing. It's about the long, slow reveal as Bryce realizes he is actually a supporter of the fire movement. That is not true gonna, at all. It's going to be an exp- expose on his uh, the inner workings of his mind. <laughs> Yeah. So Ren, so that's from a percentage point of view, that's what I do. And then I split, I think majority of the remainder at the moment goes into investing because realistically, all I'm really saving for at the moment are, you know, your Christmas presents and Japan holiday and that sort of stuff. So engagement ring. No. (laughs) Oh no. (laughs) So, so yeah, that's, that's my approach. Do you, do you follow? So hold on, hold on. Before we get into mine, I want to understand yours because I think one, there's more of a system and there's, it's probably more applicable. And it's also just interesting to learn how other people do it. Yeah. So when you do the split between your saving and your investing, are there any other parameters? Like, do you have a certain savings number that you're trying to hit and then you don't, you don't need, feel the need to go over it? We'll start there. Yeah. So up until maybe only last month, majority of my savings was in going into an emergency account because I'm a believer that 
I should have about three months worth of total living expenses saved so that if we were to take equity mates full time or whatever it may be, <laughs> I've got a lump of money to rely on if I lose my job or whatever it may be. So I'd been saving that for a number of years, finally hit that. So I think that was three months of total. So now that money can go into, I'll probably put that into investing. But what I do- So hold on, hold on. So you, so you save up three months worth of living expenses, which I, I think is a really good rule of thumb. I like that. Yeah. You know, if you lose your job three months is probably- That includes rent, everything. Yeah, 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 I like that. So, but but you've got it. Yeah. And now you're going to take that chunk of money and put it in the market? No, no, oh, no okay. sorry. The, in the flow, uh, oh, the cash flow- what was being flow. allocated there exactly. is now- Exactly. Yeah, okay, that so makes more sense. So that's now freed yeah. up. Yeah, so I was going to say- No, 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 take <laughs> we'll, all that and put it in we'll the stock start market. again. <laughs> <laughs> no, so now that's saved up, I can put that aside, but I will always keep that in cash. As silly as it may be in this cash environment, I'll always keep that in cash just because- it's there for an emergency kind of thing. I don't want to have that tied up in stocks or bonds or whatever it may be. And then I guess from a short-term savings goal, I don't have a set amount in mind. I just know that, for example, we've got an overseas trip coming up or you know X, Y, and Z. I, I want to have some money there available if I need to go out and, I don't know, buy a new bike or whatever it may be. I don't really have a, an amount in mind. I just have a percentage of my income set aside to do that. Yeah. And if it grows, it grows. If I dip into it, I dip into it. So be it. So with that with that pool of savings, where what do you do with it? Under the under the bed? Hole, hole in the back <laughs> hole in the backyard? <laughs> so at the moment it's in a high interest account, which also admittedly isn't great in this environment, but I know that I'm needing to draw on it at the moment. Look going further on down the track, I think there's a few options, say for example, raise or, you know, some of those microfinancing apps that maybe you can sit it into. I know a lot of people use them as a savings mechanism just to sit money in there and have access to the stock market and your liquidity with that, you can get it out pretty quickly. So what happens if you lose your job because the market tanks and woolies are cutting heads? But then I've got my three months of savings. But not if not if it's in a, no, a so raise that's, account. That's separate. Or... So oh, I've okay. got the, I've got the amount for emergency <laughs> oh, locked away. How many accounts have you got? <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> so so I think I think that's a good point though that people often think that savings are what they have in the market, but you know for you or your your emergency fund. You're not putting that in the market because there is a risk that it could, the market could fall at the worst possible time and then all the money you've saved in your emergency fund is for naught. So although you may not get a good return on that cash, you know, even in a high interest account, what you might be getting 2%, 2% yeah, the, the fact of the matter is it's safe, it's probably insured by the government depending on who you're with, but you would assume it is and worst comes to worst, it's there for you. So I think that's important because I know at least when I started, I thought, oh, I'm saving all this money. I'm putting it in the market. And then I lost 99% of it on Slater and Gordon. (laughs) And all of a sudden I didn't have any savings. (laughs) Yeah. So Ren's an interesting point you make there. I do not classify what is in the market as my savings. Whenever, so how much you've got in savings or what, you know, is coming out of your savings account or whatever. Yep. But that's because in my spreadsheet, the way I think about it, whatever is in the market is not savings for me. Later on down the track, by all means, it might be classified as that because I'll probably be relying on it more so from a savings point of view when I'm in my 40s or 50s. But right now, I completely have it out of my mind as something that I will access because to me, savings is something that I will save up and then go and spend on something, right? But the market is, that's not how I treat it. It's something that I'm going to put in there. See you later.
Okay, so that's that's your system. Any, yes. Anything else we need to understand about it? No, it's what, just in... What should I have asked you about your system? <laughs> I have a spreadsheet. I'm obsessed with Excel. <laughs> 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 no, I think for me, it all happens payday. I Every single payday, I make sure that I sort it all out. I don't wait another day or so. I enjoy doing that. Send it across all the accounts and away you go. Yeah. Before we keep going, we're just going to take a very short break to hear from our sponsors. Summer's just around the corner, so give your body the care it deserves with Osea's best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Created by infusing Andaria seaweed in barrels of botanical oils, it leaves skin silky soft and glowing. Plus, it's clinically proven to improve elasticity and deeply moisturize without feeling greasy. It's safe, clean, vegan skincare. Get 10% off your first order at oseamalibu.com with code GLOW, plus free shipping on orders over $60. What's your approach, Rand? You've got a bit more of a fast and loose. I'm a bit fast and loose, yeah. So I guess in theory, I sort of do the same as you. So I have a savings account that I use as a rainy day fund. I don't have a set number that I want to have in there. like the, I, I like that three-month rule of thumb. It, it's one of those accounts where if I put $200 in or $250 into it every month, I get bonus interest on everything that's in there. So I try and do... I get paid monthly, which is shocking. Yeah, Just, yeah not a fan of it. <laughs> yeah. So every month I take at least $250 from... Uh, my paycheck and put it in the savings account, which is in cash, just so I can get that high interest, that bonus interest. So that's my rainy day fund. Mm -hmm. Then what I try and do is any of the money, and I just really sort of, you know, ballpark some of these, but any of the money that I'm not going to need for the month, I transfer out of my spending account straight away. Mm -hmm. And so I have a couple of different investment brokerages set up just Historically, I started with the bank I was with. I was with Commonwealth Bank, so Mm -hmm. I set up with them. And then over time, we found some other ones that we maybe prefer or might be cheaper or might give us access to different things. And so what I do is I try and transfer money out of my spending account as soon as possible and put it in my investment account. And even if I don't invest it straight away, it's then not accessible, not spendable without at least some effort and some delay to get it back into my spending account. So in theory, I guess I follow the rule of threes in a general sense. Don't have a spreadsheet, don't systematize it. But yeah, I just, I think the the key thing for me around saving and investing is putting that money, making it difficult to access that money for me personally. It forces me to be a bit more disciplined because then I have to wait a month until I get paid again. So I think what we've both identified is that it is important to, I guess, isolate or identify part of your paycheck, whatever it may be, monthly, fortnightly, weekly, to put toward investing in some form or the other. Because I think if you just say, this is what I'm spending and whatever's left, I might go and invest, then you're not setting yourself up to, I guess, have that discipline to consistently put money into the market, which we'll discuss later is one of the biggest advantages you can have. Yeah, I think your lifestyle flexes to match your paycheck. Yeah. And, you know, if you've got money sitting there, you'll find a way to spend it. So don't have money sitting there. Yeah. But I think, sorry, the other important thing is we both have identified the difference between saving and investing. Absolutely. Very important. I know as a beginner, that wasn't a distinction that I took heed of. So I think that's probably something that everyone can apply to to their personal thinking. Yeah. yeah. You don't want to be putting money in that you are going to have to withdraw on in two weeks time because you've got a dentist appointment. Like yeah. that is not the way to do yeah. things in investing. Because as we'll, we'll explain in the series, like there's a really, there's a benefit to investing for the long term, mm. but 
if you are reliant on that money and you withdraw it at the wrong time, it's the quickest way to disadvantaging yourself and potentially losing money. You have to be willing to lose whatever you put in the market. And we're not saying you're going to, but you have to be willing to. That's how you have to think about it because that's how you give yourself the ability to take advantage of these long-term benefits Mm. that we'll talk about in future episodes. Mm. That's a bit of a teaser for everyone. Yo. (laughs) So, Ren, one of the biggest questions we get around this topic and, you know, from investors right at the start of their journey is how much do I need to get started? You know, is there... A, a minimum amount, do I need, I, you know, I don't have a thousand bucks or I don't have 2000 bucks. What's the point? I, I can't get started. How did you approach that? And I guess from your point of view, what is the minimum that you need these days to, to get started on your investing journey? So even in the time that we started investing, the world has massively changed in terms of just how easy it is to start investing and to start with lower dollar amounts. So Speaking from personal experience, when I started, I was signed up with Commonwealth Bank because they were my normal banker and yep. to lay a trade, it cost 20 bucks. Yeah. And so for me, I didn't want to put $200 on a company and spend 20 bucks to do it. We couldn't actually even, that would be too low for Commonwealth Bank. Yeah. Um, so I, I saved up $1,000, just putting a bit of every paycheck aside. And, you know, that we were at uni, it was... There wasn't a lot of money coming in and there were a lot of ways to spend it. We had a lot of free time, but I just, it was something I wanted to do. And so I saved and I got there and then made that first trade and lost it. But that's the story for another day. Well, no, you've already told it. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Another day being a previous day. But these days, you don't need that kind of money to get started. There's a lot of micro investing apps that allow you to start with next to nothing literally next to nothing. A company that came out of the States, Acorns, which in Australia is called Raise, literally takes your purchases and will round it up. So you buy a coffee for $3.50, it'll round it up to $4, take that 50 cents and put it in the market for you. There are plenty of other services like that, which allow you to start with very small amounts of money. And then the cost of actually laying a trade has moved down as well. No longer do you have to spend $20 with Commonwealth Bank there's single digits, you know, spend to delay a trade. So what that means is that the amount of money you, you need to get started is much lower. For me, I would say if you're just starting out, a great way to get started would be a microfinance app, a micro investing app. And at the same time, just save a bit from your paycheck every time it comes in so you can make that first trade. Maybe as a rule of thumb, we, well, I like to say um, your brokerage cost should be 1% of the trade. So if your brokerage cost is $8, the cost of actually laying a trade is $8 maybe you want $800 before you lay that first trade. But that's just a rule of thumb. It's, you know, it's really dealer's choice. Don't panic if you don't know what Ren is talking about there (laughs) in terms of brokerage costs and and brokers. We will delve into all of that in a few episodes time. But I think the, the important thing to remember there is that there is really no minimum now that you need to really start getting access to the market. If you want to start buying direct stocks through your broker, Comsec or ANZ or NABTRADE, generally speaking, the minimum is still $500 plus brokerage fee. However, there are now apps out there, as Ren said, that you can start with literally cents, five cents, all the way up to whatever you you feel comfortable with. So don't let money be a reason for not getting access to the market. There are many ways in which you can do it. So again, just get started, find what works for you. So Ren, you know, we've spoken about the rule of threes. We've spoken about 
the minimum that you need to get into the market. Are there any sort of major tips or tricks from your point of view to kind of package those two together to close out the episode? My biggest tip or trick, which we've already touched on, is just get that money out of your spending account. Uh, that's, That's number one. Another big one for me, and I think one that a lot of people will struggle with, is the question around paying down debt versus saving to invest. And I don't think you need to do one or the other completely. Although if the debt is high interest, if it's, you know, credit card debt, I would say clear that off your books first. Yeah. And by all means, we are not giving advice here. This is purely just our own experience here. We're not financial advisors. So please go and speak to a financial advisor for your particular situation. So for me, and this is speaking from personal experience, if credit card debt is at 20% interest. I'm not a good enough investor to make more than 20% in the market. So for me, I will do better financially by getting rid of that. As you said, that's just personal experience. That's not you know, what other people... Yeah. I would agree with that, Ren. And I think to go a step backwards is try to live within your means in the yeah. first place. Cut those credit cards up. Cut, yes. <laughs> Don't never take a call from your bank and <laughs> block their emails. Yeah, I think that that's probably the most important part is don't live beyond your means. And if investing, you you don't need huge amounts of money to do it. So don't feel pressured to set aside huge amounts that will put pressure on your life in other parts and force you to, I I don't know, go and get credit cards or or live frugally. You know, investing should not be about that. It's, It's fun. It's enjoyable. And there's so many ways that you can do it now. So don't panic if you are not in a situation right now where you think you can be putting 500 or $600 a month or whatever it may be towards it. So I think You've stolen both of my tips there, Ren. <laughs> my, my major Your, tip, I think, is- Yours would be get a spreadsheet, wouldn't it? <laughs> oh, absolutely. Download Excel, Google Sheets if you don't have it. I think my major thing, Ren, as you alluded to, is discipline around the discipline side of things. Every paycheck that come in, stick to it. Just like investing over the long term pays dividends and grows and grows, the, the more disciplined you are, the earlier on at putting away money for investing, you'll soon find that you'll have a nice little nest egg and all of a sudden you'll be in a position to start putting some decent amount of money into the market. So the earlier you can figure that out and what works for you, the, the better off you will be. Any closing statements from you, Ren, around tips and saving and for investing? So I think Saving is obviously a precursor for investing in a lot of instances. You need to have the right saving habits to then have the money to be able to put into the market. So that's why this is the number two episode. In saying that, if you're a shocking saver, don't don't feel like you can't take advantage of the market. There's so many apps, tools, Excel spreadsheets out there to help you and you know, you, you don't need to be Bryce level systematized saver. <laughs> and I'm not perfect. Let it be very clear. <laughs> Bryce actually wanted to make this podcast a saving podcast. <laughs> uh, I didn't think there was enough meat on that bone. No, that is not true. <laughs> but I think, you know, save 1%, save half a percent of your paycheck. It's still better than nothing and starts a journey that will eventually, you know, you'll hopefully you'll find a love of investing. Hopefully you'll see the money that you can make from investing. And once you understand the upside there, it'll be a lot easier to make some of the the harder decisions around, you know, cutting out spending in your lifestyle, not getting the credit card, whatever it is. So don't feel like you need to be perfect at this before you move on to the uh, the next level. Absolutely. It's, a, it, it's an ongoing learning process and 
you know, we, we are very early in that journey. So yeah, just, yeah. just get started. All part of the journey. So Ren, as always, great to chat all things stocks, even though we didn't mention stocks in this episode. Great to chat all things finance, I guess. Hopefully we've managed to break down another barrier to investing and, and make that markets a little bit more accessible to anyone listening to the show. If you want more information, head to equitymates.com and also subscribe to Equitymates Investing Podcast and join us on the other show. So without going too much further, Ren, we will leave it there and chat next episode. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to Get Started Investing, a production of Equitymates Media. Please remember that everything you hear in Get Started Investing is general advice only. The content has been prepared without knowing your personal objectives, specific financial circumstances or goals. The hosts of Get Started Investing may maintain positions in the companies discussed. Before considering any investment, please read the product disclosure statement and consider speaking to a licensed financial professional. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.